It's time to have lunch and talk sports. The Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Welcome to the Jeff Dantzler Show. I'm Bill Shanks sitting in for Jeff Dantzler once again. Jeffrey will be back tomorrow. He is in a meeting in Atlanta, and so I'm filling in for him here for this hour. We are talking sports. We are broadcasting live. The only good part about Jeff being off, uh, I mean, Jeff's been off for years, but I mean not on the show, uh, is is uh, is that I get to come and uh, do the show at our restaurant sponsors, which, again, as I said yesterday, we're going to get Jeffrey to come down and just come and uh, – and do the show down here, and then be on my show in the afternoons to, to go to restaurants because he's he you know he's malnourished, so he needs to come eat a little bit. Uh, is that we get to come and do our show from our restaurant sponsors all over Middle Georgia? And next week we'll be in Savannah on my show at, at Coach's Corner, but um, we're at McCall Sandwich Shop, and my good friend Ken McCall is here. We're in Warner Robins on the Circle, as they say. Down, can, down can, on the circle. Down on the circle here on Watson Boulevard, 1001? Correct. At Watson Boulevard. And let me tell you about McCall Sandwich Shop now. Uh, and I've said this a million times, but every city has a good sandwich shop in it. Uh, we had one in Waycross when I was growing up. Jeanette Stott, God bless her. Let me tell you something. About the only person who could push you on that chocolate cake was Jeanette Stipe. Okay. That woman... <laughs> And she she was unbelievable when it comes to. I, I'd come home from college, and my mother would have a Jeanette Stipe chocolate cake waiting for oh, me. Oh man! Oh yeah! I mean, she was awesome. God bless her. I love her. She's great. And uh, I don't think she's cooking anymore, but she was so so good. But she had a sandwich shop. Smart lady, you know. And uh, it's very similar to what you, she'd have breakfast too a little bit. But you know, so many towns all over the state have these sandwich shops, which are just a meeting place for people to come, hey, I'll meet you at McCall's, you know. Um, Joe D's one of our uh, great sponsors mm-hmm. in the past, and Macon is like that, and, of course, Famous Mike's and others. But uh, there are sandwich shops, the place you can come get a sandwich or a salad. Uh, and your place, I love I love your food. I love your place. It's a great spot, too, and you've been in business. I, I tell people all the time this. So many of our sponsors here on the Superstations have been in business for a long time. Now, I'm not saying if someone's a new business, we don't want them to – advertised sure. but uh, people who have been in business a long time know what they're doing and have done it successfully <laughs> well at least like we know what we're you're doing you're faking it <laughs> fake it till you make it brother that's right exactly but you you i mean you've been in business for so long and you've had a great business here and so ken brings over uh, um a bowl of soup and he had told me about this several months ago like what October, November, or something like that? Probably longer ago. Was it, it longer than It that? may have been this time last year. Oh, was it last spring? Year? Okay. And it was collard green soup. Now, I love collards. I love collards. I love turnips. I love spinach. I love I love asparagus. I Yeah. I'm, you either are or you're not, right? And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, next time you have that, I really want something. So he brought me some collard green soup. Now, some of you who don't like collards – may not like it may but it's the flavor and the taste that is outstanding so you got something there ken well thank you i'll stand by these numbers out of the people who've told me that they don't like collards 80 percent of them if i can get them to try it like that soup well it's not because like, it's not a harsh no collard taste correct it's, 
it's get, a flavor. I get, right. I get laughed at when I say this, but it's a melange of flavors. Well, let me look that up. <laughs> let me Google that. that. That's one of those SAT words. <laughs> well, that explains it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is a tremendous flavor. I mean, again, loving collards, but it's not like, oh, God, here's collards in a soup. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a flavorful soup that i'm telling you folks you need to come because that's not something everybody it, has it's, it's a latin american staple oh and, is it really and, it, and i'm kind of a food nerd as i've told you i like to look through cookbooks and stuff yeah i went through and started looking at kind of i was trying to find the history of the origin of this okay well, i come to find out in 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 most of central and latin america there is something very similar and they all have the the uh, a pork stock of some okay. port, usually yeah. ham but whatever the indigenous green is, uh-huh. be it turnips, Swiss chard, collards, spinach, uh, potatoes, uh, and a white bean. Okay. Uh, and I'm not sure if there's a significance to the white bean. Well, they use so, white beans down there a little bit more than right. we do, yeah. don't they? So, well. and that was, you know, that was eye-opening to me. It's like, oh, well, this is, you know, this is like chili. It just depends on where you live and yeah. what you put in it, what you like in it. That's right. That's right. Well, it's delicious. I'm telling you, folks, come to Warner Robins to get you some collard green soup. You will not uh, be disappointed. i got chicken salad here to also eat on that. He's got great sandwiches like my Reuben that I love. Name some of the other sandwiches. Uh, our turkey Swiss. We've got our spirited beef. Uh, our muffaletta. Best one this side of New Orleans. Uh, Tell everybody our, what that is. Uh, a muffaletta is a combination of it's, it's a ham. You've got Genoa salami. You've got provolone cheese. Uh, the uniqueness is it's got, got a jardinier relish, which is olives and pickled um, vegetables. Okay, and it's kind of a it's kind of a vinegary taste. So, uh-huh. You know, some people kind of liken it to uh, your sub shops with your oil and vinegar on there. Okay, okay, all right, sounds good. And is that on a different kind of bread? Yes, as well? it's on a ciabatta roll. Okay, okay, I thought so. I thought so. Well, the sandwiches are great. The salads, um, it's just a great place. I invite all of you in Warner Robins. Uh, most of you have been. Most of you have been here. But come for lunch. It's a great meeting place. You're going to see somebody you know and uh, great food. And, of course, you can talk to Ken, who loves to, to, to come around and talk to, to people uh, as, as Always they're Always welcome. Absolutely. Please come. It's, it's a great place. And so I'm throwing through my daggum phone the other day. I almost sent this to you, but I think it was kind of late at night. <laughs> and a picture of your damn chocolate cake came up, Ken. And I'm like, that's well, just cruel. How did that pop up? Well, I, and it I was, don't know, Bill. Maybe it's, you know, subliminal. A, a man. sign? Well, and if, for those of you who don't know, Ken cooks me, a, makes me a chocolate cake for birthday, which is on March 13th, by the way, although I can't right. do it this year. I can't do it this year. Okay. I won't tempt I'm gonna, you. I, I'm going I'm I'm to say no. I'm going to be like Nancy Reagan in the 1980s, just say no. I've got a button somewhere, man. I'll share it with you. <laughs> Nobody's going to understand that except for your old, <laughs> Some of the old people. But, but so Ken, Ken makes the best chocolate cake in the world. And, I mean, Mr. Stipe, if you're listening, I'm sorry. This beats. Here, here it was. This was the picture. That oh, up. yeah. So I, this was on December 22nd. So I was in here. I think we were doing the show, weren't we? Yes. And um, he had all the cakes around for Christmas. And I'm like, oh, God, Ken. I told you. I mean, I didn't tell him anything. I didn't say, hey, Ken, could you make me a chocolate cake for Christmas? Because I was trying not to. Well, then it's like, well, you know, we have an extra one over here. I'm like, Ken. And it was uh, it was unbelievable. I'm telling you, if you need a chocolate cake, chocolate on chocolate, 
please call Ken McCall because you will thank me because it is the best cake. Right. Specifically, in the world. that's our chocolate mousse cake. Chocolate mousse cake is unbelievable. It's so good. But I, you know, our good friend Seth uh, Thompson. I'm I'm working out with him. Great. And I'm feeling Tot- better. Totem training. Totem training here in in Warner Robins and Perry. And uh, it is a is great, and it's helped me a great deal. So he would kill me if I did that. Well, set set yourself a goal, and when yeah. you reach that goal, I'll make you one. Okay, that's a good thing. I think Seth would go along with that. That's, I think so. That's that's right. But I'll I, twist his arm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and now we'll give him a piece of cake. Then he'll shut up. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'll 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 because he if he's eating it with you, there's no calories. Right? That, he that, can't get mad. That's right. That's right. But it it's uh, it's so. If you need a chocolate cake for any occasion. I mean, any occasion, this is the chocolate cake to get in middle Georgia. It's unbelievable. Those of you in Savannah or Brunswick, drive here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, red trip, baby. That's right. If you're going to a Braves hey. game and you need some cake, call McCall Sandwich right. Shop. Swing by. Oh, my gosh. It's well, so good. It is so good. It, and, and you do cakes all the time, caterings for people with yes. cakes, don't you? Uh-huh. People, Every you're, day. You're, you're, what's your most popular cake? Is it the uh, coconut? The pina colada cake or our banana pudding cake. Okay. Those, those are the two cakes that we've had on the menu almost from the start. Okay. Everything else has been kind of cyclical. Right, right. Well, it's so good. They're so good. Well, um, obviously, since we've been talking food, Jeff's going to think he you know, left the Food Network for crying out loud if he's listening. <laughs> but... Um, 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 it is uh, getting baseball season. You get excited about the Bravos? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I wish they'd get you know, some of their lineup nailed down. But yeah. It's close. It's mm-hmm. getting, we got games on Saturday. The first game's on Saturday, so we can't wait for that. I think that's going to be fun. And uh, it's hard to believe baseball season's almost here. College baseball, boy, the dogs are – they won 15 to nothing yesterday at Georgia State. Really? Well, good. I don't like Georgia State, but – Okay. They think they think they're the GSU. So they do. That's my they? problem with them. Yeah, Georgia Southern folks. Yeah. There's a there's a little bad blood there that yeah, runs can't. deep. Yeah. Real deep. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that from other Georgia Southern stuff. Yeah, uh, Mr. Brown, Russ Brown didn't like Georgia State either no, for the they, same they, reason. <laughs> I mean, they, they they made their name by being the same color. Yeah. And calling themselves GSU. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. How much more of a ripoff can you get, right? <laughs> exactly. Now, if they'd had a ball-headed coach with a cigar in his mouth, man, we'd really been. Well, they had Lefty Drizel, who died the other day. Remember him? He yeah. was the basketball coach about okay. 20 years ago. Okay. Lefty died, died the other day at 93, I believe he wow. was. Wow. Remember Lefty Drizel? I do. Maryland? I remember the name. I, I... Yeah, he was at Maryland and, and um, um, played for Duke, and I think he won a championship, a national championship, but a great coach that was sure. finished his career at Georgia State and I tell you what, I, I, he uh, he gave me some good advice one time. Well, he didn't give it to me. He said it because I was interviewing him for our TV show we were doing. And um, Lefty, was, I don't think I've told this story this week since he passed away on, on Sunday. But Lefty was, I mean, you know, it was kind of old crotchety old fart, you know. And, like so many coaches of old. Exactly, exactly. And, and uh, he was probably 70 at the time. I think it was 2001, something like that. So he was about 70. He was toward the end of his career. And there was a player who I think was out for him going into the A-Sun tournament or TAC tournament, whatever it was called. I think it was the Trans-American Athletic Conference then. And so I'm sitting there interviewing Lefty Drussell. And I said, well, Coach, are you worried about so-and-so not being able to be uh, ready for you for the tournament? And he kind of sat back, and he's kind of irk-like, you know. And he said, son, young man, I think he said, young man, let me tell you something. I don't worry about a damn thing. 
Wow. Okay. Now. So he either had a deep bench. Or he had so much money he didn't care. Exactly. <laughs> Which is good for him. Yeah. Right? But it made me, I, I think about that comment once in a while. Because it's like, we worry too much about stuff. Very as true. we were talking about earlier. I was just earlier. about to say, we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> and it's like, you know, sometimes you have to sit back and think, I'm just not going to worry about a damn thing. Maybe in another 10 plus years I'll, and I'm 70 I'll not worry about it as much but. exactly he's never run a business has he uh, well. but it's good advice because it's like you know, sometimes you have to think that way exactly you know you have to learn how to turn it off yeah you know? yeah and have so stress stress relievers yep yep Georgia State is uh, yeah they 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 are they are kind of rip off Georgia Southern but Georgia Georgia University of Georgia is off to a great start when it comes to baseball and they are 4-0, and they beat the Georgia State last night. And they are—they're—they're um, they're, just—they're—they're they're really good. They've got a, lo- a new coach, obviously. They got Charlie Condon, who hit two home runs last night. He's mm-hmm. going to be a top draft pick yeah. this year for them. Six UGA pitchers combined on a three-hitter. I don't know when the last time that Six is. Pitchers? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't think they're stretching them out very much so far. You know. No. And that's true. Um, it's early. Yeah, and then they'll host Northern Kentucky this weekend in Athens, so that's good. Georgia Tech baseball won last night. They beat Georgia Southern seven to four in Statesboro. Southern's off to a little slow start, one and three. They got to go to Mississippi State and Starkville this weekend. Ooh, yeah, that's a heck of a road trip. That's a tough road trip. Mississippi State's always good. Remember when mm-hmm. they had Will Clark and Rafael Palmero? Oh, yes, they were really good. They've always been really good in baseball. And uh, Mercer beat Kennesaw last night, nine to three. So. Uh, a little bit of baseball action going on there. But the Braves are almost here in baseball season and spring weather, right? It's going to be, what, 68 here in Macon and Warner Robins today, I believe? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Getting there for sure. It, so It's starting to feel like spring. Staying light later, which is my favorite. Oh, my gosh, isn't it? It's so depressing oh. when it's dark at 6 o'clock. Aren't they going to change that crap? Weren't they talking about changing that for Georgia? Uh, yes, but I, there's – get in touch with your elected officials. I can't remember yeah. what there was – don't Some they have to have multiple could. states do it at the same time or something? Because I think the farmers were for it, right, to give them yes. more daylight, I'm sure. What do you think so? I, so, you know. I, I, I'm like you. I remember little bits and pieces, but yeah. specifics I don't. Because they're getting dark at 5, mm-hmm. like in December, at yeah. 5, 40, 40. Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as New York when you get. It was, oh, gosh, you, you know, get it in those upper latitudes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it's like 430, but still. Well, that's the way it is in England. That's why everybody over there is a drunk because it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's dark at 4 o'clock and the sun doesn't come up until 630. That's depressing. That's really depressing. I think they were talking about that, but I'm so glad because I'm we're probably a month away from the time change, probably, I would imagine. Yes, Don't you think? About March that. 21st, something like that, I would imagine, four or five weeks or something. So uh, hopefully that will be the case. But anyway, again, Ken, thank you. For allowing us to come. Always you know, great. Always, love always great here. to see you. Always great to chat with you. Give a shout out to Terry Price, who's always listening. Okay. Your, your biggest Braves fan. Oh, awesome. Awesome. He, he listens to everything you put out. Well, good. Well, great. Well, thank you, Terry. Hope you'll come in and see us and get some collard green soup. You will not be disappointed. Thank you, Ken. You're welcome. Anytime, brother. All right. We're going to take a break, come back. We'll talk more sports here. We'll also take your phone calls. If you want to jump in, you can. 478-646-3776. Sitting in for Jeff Danzer, I'm Bill Shanks from Warner Robins and McCall's Sandwich Shop right here on the Superstations. Welcome back to the Jeff Dancer Show. Bill Shanks sitting in for Jeffrey 
today. He'll be back tomorrow on the program. And uh, I wanted to talk about something I saw that I actually retweeted on Twitter, which is where you retweet things, that uh, was, was kind of interesting to me. And it was rating all the different positions in baseball. And it just it, it had, and this is from a, a, a Twitter account called Codify, C-O-D-I-F-I, I-F-Y rather, C-O-D-I-F-Y Baseball, at Codify Baseball, which is pretty pretty good little Twitter account. And um, they've got 108,000 followers, so they're doing something to put some information out there. But they ranked the strongest teams at each position when it comes to, and this is according to fan graphs. So uh, they, they kind of threw that out there. And I was curious to see where the Braves were going to stack in there. And the Braves, out of catcher, first, second, shortstop, third base, left field, center field, right field, DH, starting pitcher, and relief pitcher, which is 11 different things. The Braves were ranked in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 of the 11. If you don't think the Braves are a very good team, that's pretty good. Now, again, this is just someone's opinion of how they feel about who has the best catcher, who has the best at every position. So let's go through these for, for just a few minutes, and, and you'll you'll see where it, what at least Fangrass. And Fangrass is a statistical website that uh, puts a lot of stocks in, in st- stats, which is fine. Catcher, they have, number one, Adley Rushman from Baltimore. I don't think there's any doubt that he is an outstanding young player. And Baltimore is getting ready to take off. And with all the money that the Yankees spend and uh, the talent that Toronto and Tampa Bay have had in the past, the money that Boston spends, of course, or can spend, they haven't really spent it recently. Baltimore has been so bad for so long that they have accumulated draft picks and they are just about ready to take off. I mean, the Holiday kid, Matt Holiday's son, Jackson Holiday, is going to be a superstar. They have Gunnar Henderson, who was very good last year. And Adley Rushman is a is a great young catcher. I mean, this kid is like he's a dream come true when it comes to oh, I want a young catcher who can be there and be the face of my franchise, kind of like Joe Maurer, big tip, big kid, and he is uh, he's awesome. He's an awesome player. So they've got him rated first. They have Toronto second with Alejandro Kirk, and then Atlanta third. And of course, Atlanta has a two headed catcher situation with. Travis Darneau and Sean Murphy, which you can't deny that that is awfully strong. Now, I will note, just for my entertainment's sake, that Philadelphia and JT Realmuto is not listed in the top three. So Atlanta is, Philadelphia is not. First base, well, you probably know who the best first baseman is. It's the one Atlanta used to have, and that's Freddie Freeman. And then Matt Olson is second. Well, if you can't have Freddie, I think Alex Anthopoulos did a fantastic job of getting a, 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 a suitable alternative. Well, the suitable alternative, he led the major leagues in home runs and runs batted in last year with Matt Olson. So if Freddie can't be here, I'll take Matt Olson every day of the week. The third team out of the top three is Philadelphia with Bryce Harper, who, as you may know, is moving full-time to first base 
and therefore that's why he's rated so very high. Second base, Los Angeles Dodgers. Mookie Betts is there. Then Cleveland with um, uh, is it Andres Jimenez. Is that why Cleveland? That can't be it, right? Uh, Marcus Simeon's third. I'm not sure about the Cleveland thing. I may be wrong. I've got my depth chart out. But um, anyway, Marcus Simeon's third. Ozzy's not. And Ozzy Albies, I didn't expect him to be in the top three. MLB Network did a top ten players at every position. And Ozzy was not listed in the top ten of second baseman. In a way, that's shocking to Braves fans. But, you know, here, here's the thing. Um, Ozzy's defense is suitable at second base. And he is assisted by the fact that he's got a very good first baseman defensively in Matt Olson, and a very good shortstop to his right in Orlando Arcia. You know, offensively, I think Ozzy's one of the best second baseman in the game, and I think he's an MVP candidate. I mean, this guy is five foot nothing, and yet he has the ability to hit over 30 home runs and drive in over 100. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's Joe Morgan type. And as I said, and I think we were talking about this last week, Fozzy Albies has 10 more very good years in the big leagues, and he's only like 27. I think he'd be a Hall of Famer. He's had that kind of start to his career. Now, he's got to play at a high level and avoid injury and so forth, but still, Ozzy is is outstanding, and I'll take him every day of the week. Shortstop, no. There's no question Orlando RC is not going to be listed. He's a good player, but not a great player. And they've got my favorite shortstop, Corey Seager, who is – I just love Corey Seager. I think Corey Seager is one of the best players in the sport. The kid is just so smooth defensively, and that swing from that left side is just remarkable. I, I saw Corey Seager when he came up for the Dodgers. I was in Los Angeles with the Braves, and Corey Seager had just been called up. And this was like in 17. This was before the Braves started their run. And the Braves weren't very good that year. Corey Seager hit three home runs in one game, and I was there for it and watched it. And, you know, that was all it took for old Billy to get on the Corey Seager bandwagon. And I'm like, oh, my God, who is this kid? And just watching him through the years, just like he's unbelievable. <laughs> he's just remarkable, and, and look what he can do. There's no question about his talent. So he's number one. And then Kansas City with Bobby Witt Jr. is number number two. And then Francisco Lindor of the Mets is number number three. And let me say that for our enjoyment only, the only New York Met out of the top three of all 11 spots here on this list is Francisco Lindor. Third base, you've got a lot now. You've got Cleveland's Jose Ramirez is number one. Then you've got Gunnar Henderson of Baltimore, number two. And a three-way tie between uh, Austin Riley. Rafael Devers from the Red Sox. And then Alex Brigman from the Houston Astros. Third base is very tough. There's no question that Austin Riley has moved in. I think he was listed last night as the 15th best player in baseball on the top 100 list from Major League Baseball Network. And I, I think it's great for Austin Riley to be rated that high. I think it's worthwhile, legitimate. He's an outstanding player. And, you know, uh, there were some people on Twitter, they were having a conversation. I saw this topic kind of thrown out there. All right, if Ronald Acuna does not win the MVP award this year, who could from Atlanta? 
And at the top of my list is Austin Riley. Austin Riley is a third baseman who plays an elite defense who can hit 30 home runs or more. I think he had, what, 37 last year and drive in over 100 runs. I think he had just few a few shy of, of, of uh, 100 last year. I think Austin Riley is a tremendous player. I love Austin, and I'm so glad he's locked up for another decade with his team. He's going to be the face of this franchise moving forward. I really believe that. And so for him to be listed that high on both uh, this list and on the MLB Network list is pretty cool. Left field. Nope, we're not going to have left field. Of course, Jared Kelnick is the new left fielder for for Atlanta. So we're not going to have that. We've got first is going to be, um, um, well, this can't be right. I, I, uh, it's Kyle Tucker. I guess Kyle Tucker is the left fielder for Houston. I guess he is. Kyle, it's got to be Kyle Tucker. It's gotta, it can't be any of the other guys. It's got to be Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker is an outstanding player. The kid is from Florida. He can hit. You remember his brother Preston Tucker played for Atlanta for a couple of years. And Kyle is uh, outstanding. I remember uh, one of the Braves scouts told me you would never seen a high school swing like Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker is a great player. Then you've got uh, the New York Yankees. And Juan Soto. Well, Juan Soto is going to have a uh, an outstanding uh, season for the New York Yankees, and I think he's going to be uh, able to really cash in, obviously. And then they have uh, Tampa Bay as third, and I guess that'll be Randy Ozarena, and he's a very good player for for Tampa Bay. Center field, you got Seattle at first with Julio Rodriguez. He is an outstanding young player, no question about that. Then the Yankees at number two with Aaron Judge. Can't argue about that. And then the third-ranked center fielder in the sport is Michael Harris II. If you don't think that that's pretty good company for Michael Harris to be in, well, you're wrong. It is, and he is only going to get better. Talking about, okay, well, who could be a MVP candidate moving forward? Michael Harris could develop into that type of player. He's got that kind of talent. Uh, the skill sets is off the charts, and I think we can't forget about that. Now, right field, number one is Ronald Acuna Jr. in the Atlanta Braves. There's no doubt about that. Number two is the New York Yankees. Now, I'm wrong about this because I thought um, I thought that Verdugo was going to play left. But anyway, thank you. Um, you know, so Juan Soto is going to be out there at some point. And then they've got uh, right field, they have number three is San Diego, and that's Fernando Tatis Jr. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's pretty good company for Ronald Acuna to be in. And, of course, there's no question he is, he is uh, an outstanding player. Now, as far as the DH is concerned, well, Jordan Alvarez of Houston is number one. Number two is um, uh, Mr. Otani, Shohei Otani. For the Los Angeles Dodgers. And then uh, number three is Giancarlo Stanton of the New York Yankees. Marcelo Zuna not in there, but he can't be too far below the top three. I mean, Marcelo Zuna hit 40 home runs, drove in 100 last year. Not many DHs can do that. Now, starting pitching. I have a problem with this. Big time problem with this. Uh, they've got the Dodgers at number one. I hate the Dodgers. Have I ever told you that? I hate the Dodgers. Now, there's no question. The Dodgers have added Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And if that 
was pronounced correctly, good luck. There's a first time for everything. Tyler Glasnow has also been added to this rotation. Very good pitcher, but has not been able to stay healthy. James Paxton has been added to this rotation. I'm a big James Paxton fan. I think he's very, very good. He's had trouble staying healthy. They've got, obviously, they've got Walker Bueller coming back uh, from Tommy John surgery. He could be outstanding. They've got Clayton Kershaw coming back later in the year. Bobby Miller, a young pitcher who pitched first time last year, is coming back for his second season. And that's it. Now, um, I'm not saying the Dodgers are not really good. They are. They have a very good rotation. I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of partial. I think Atlanta's is better. And I, I am drinking the Kool-Aid on Chris Sale. I am believing that the fifth starter spot is going to be handled regardless of who it may be, whether it is Reynaldo Lopez or Bryce Elder or A.J. Smith-Shalver or Hurston Waldrop. I just really believe that fifth starter spot is going to be a strong this team. you got Spencer Strider, Max Free, Charlie Morton, then Chris Sale, and then the fifth starter spot, as I mentioned, that is going to be very, very good. So, I have a problem with them having the Dodgers first, but they have the, the Braves third. They had the Phillies second. So it's the Dodgers, then the Phillies, then the Braves. Phillies, of course, have tremendous strength at the top of the rotation with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, two of the best pitchers in the sport. There's no question about that. I'm not arguing that. I just don't know if their strength is there one through five. Tywon Walker is their number three. Well, probably Ranger Suarez is their number three. Tywon Walker, number number four. He didn't even pitch in the playoffs last year. Christopher Sanchez is there. And uh, we'll see what my, uh, Spencer Turnbull is able to do for this team. He was just signed not too long ago. So, I mean, again, good for the Braves to be there. they got to go out and prove it. And if Chris Sale comes back and is the old Chris Sale, I don't think there's any question about what this team and this rotation can be. I think it can be the best in baseball. Now, and I must be missing something on this situation. They got the Phillies bullpen rated number one. Now, they've got Jose Alvarado, Gregory Soto, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and um, there, there's no question Matt Strom, young pitcher. There's no question he is uh, very good. Again, I just drinking the Kool-Aid on the Braves. They got the Braves second, with of course Rossiel Iglesias, AJ Minter, Joe Jimenez, Pierce Johnson, Aaron Bummer. Possibly Reynaldo Lopez, Tyler Matzik back. I mean, I just love the Braves bullpen. I really do. So, okay, Phillies are good. And I'm not saying they're not, but uh, I think the Braves were better. They have Minnesota third with the uh, Jan Duran kid, Giovanni Moran, Griffin Jacks, uh, Caleb Thybar, Brock Stewart. They've got some very good relievers, very deep bullpen there in Minnesota. So, look, I'm not complaining. Because, and this is just someone's opinion, obviously. But it, it's it's interesting to hear and read what uh, others believe going into the, the season. And there's no question that uh, the Braves being listed on seven of the 11 spots. And look, the spots they're not listed on. Okay, second base. Well, we love Ozzy. I don't think there's a problem with Ozzy. And we're excited about Kelnick in left field. We'll see about that. But like I said, the DH situation is is – strong with Marcelo Zuna so it's it's in great hands there's no question about that and and um, I, I think for the Braves to be listed that many spots 
is is a really strong asset, and uh, this is a good team, folks. I'm telling you, you never would have thought that a 104-win team would get better, but I think it has, and that is something that uh, I think we can all look forward to for a fun six months and a very hopeful October that everybody will stay healthy and be ready to go. We're going to take a break, come back. we got uh, a little NFL news to share with you. Phone lines are open if you want to join it. 478-646-ESPN. Some of you can't call in the afternoons, but if you want to call now and talk to me, you can. About anything in your mind in the world of sports, again, 478-646-ESPN. Also on Twitter, at Bill Shanks. Jeff will be back again tomorrow. He's uh, off today for a meeting, and uh, he will be back to talk to you tomorrow. And, uh, again, the baseball team doing great, which is outstanding. The dogs, Diamond Dogs, are 4-0 after their big win last night over Georgia State. We're at McCall's Sandwich Shop here at 1001 Watson Boulevard, back right after this. Welcome back to the Jeff Dancer Show. I'm Bill Shank, sitting in for Jeff. He will be back tomorrow. We are Talking Sports. We are broadcasting from McCall's Sandwich Shop here in Warner Robins on Watson Boulevard, 1001 Watson Boulevard. Those of you in Macon and Warner Robins just heard the Marvel Masters commercial. Neil Suggs is here from Marvel Masters. And we love Neil. He's a great guy. Big time bulldog. Line is long here at McCall's Sandwich Shop. They're coming to get the collard green soup. Can't beat that. All right. A couple of... um, of uh, websites, ESPN and The Athletic both, have have put articles together about the situation in Chicago with Justin Fields and the number one pick. As you know, the Bears have the number one pick. It comes from Carolina because of the Bryce Young trade a year ago when the Bears got D.J. Moore and uh, just a ton of picks, enabling the Panthers to move up and go number one and get Bryce Young. So the question is, all right, what are the what are the uh, Bears going to do? Are they going to trade Bryce? Uh, I'm sorry, are they going to trade Justin Fields, who has gotten better in the last year compared to 2022, or are they going to trade the number one pick? So here is an article about potential trades. First of all, for the number one overall pick, Washington, New England, and Atlanta are the three teams that are mentioned to move up. Washington has number two. So to move up one spot from number two to number one, they are saying on ESPN that the price would be a second-round pick this year, number 40 overall, and a first-round pick next year. One spot now. To move up one spot, the the commanders would have to give up this year's second-rounder and next year's first-rounder. That's a high price. Then you have New England. They are picking third in the draft. Let's say they want Caleb Williams, and they want the, the chance to pick the number one overall player who's going to be a quarterback. Basically the same thing. The Patriots would have to give up the number three pick, a second-round pick this year, which is number 34, even higher than the Commanders, and the first-round pick in 2025. 
Then it comes to Atlanta. <clears throat> I hope you're not driving while you're <clears throat> listening to this trade presentation. To move up from number eight to number one, uh, Yates, Field Yates, who I, I like. He's really good on TV. Field Yates says that the Falcons would have to give up the number eight overall pick, the first-round pick next year, the second-round pick next year, a 2026 first-round pick, and a 2026 second-round pick. So basically, you give up this year's number one pick, number eight, and a first and second in the next two drafts. Folks, there ain't no way in the world I would do that. No way. And I'm not saying he's wrong on what he thinks the price might be, but there is no way I'm going to give up to go from eight to one, a first and a second in the next two drafts. It would have to be a lot more of a slam dunk than Caleb Williams to make me do that. If it was Trevor Lawrence or someone of that, I just, I don't, Caleb Williams has created some doubts. And we were talking about that yesterday with Chris Hefner. Uh, yeah, he won the Heisman Trophy year before last. He's a really fine talent. But there are just some things that kind of worry you about him a little bit. And so uh, there's no way I would do that. Now, potential trade offers for Fields, Justin Fields. Let's go right to Atlanta. And in, in this article, Field Yates says that the Falcons would have to offer the second-round pick in this year's draft, number 43, to the Bears for Justin Fields. Now, if the Falcons get another second-round pick from the Jaguars, if they sign, if the Jaguars sign Ridley, the wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, then there's no question that Atlanta would have two second-round picks, and that would be a little bit easier for them to maybe give up a second-round pick for Justin Fields. If the Falcons, uh, rather, I'm sorry, if the Jaguars do not sign Ridley, then the Falcons only get a third-round pick. Well, I'm not minimizing a third-round pick. That's not bad. But would that be enough to give up your second-round pick for Justin Fields? I, I don't I don't know. Now, um, I was looking at the other presentations for, for Fields. Pittsburgh, who, of course, has Arthur Smith as their new offensive coordinator, this has the Steelers giving up a second-round pick, number 51 overall, and a fourth-round pick for Justin Fields. Okay. The Raiders, it has them giving up a third-round pick in this year's draft and Hunter Renfro, and that's it. So um, I, I really believe the, 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 the price for the number one overall pick is going to be so high that Chicago is going to have a better – chance of trading Justin Fields to get a, an additional pick. I mean, they already have so many picks because of the Carolina deal a year ago that it's really ridiculous. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, um, for them to be able to have uh, a chance to have another day two draft pick is, is outstanding. And, you know, the question is, is that what the Falcons want to do? Do the Falcons trade a second-round pick for – Justin Fields, and again, we're going to go through a million different scenarios now between now and the draft in April. Do the Falcons trade a second-round pick going with this model here for Justin Fields and then turn around and then at number eight, still having the eighth pick in the first round, do they take 
Jalen Daniels, if he's slipping to number eight? Do they take J.T. McCarthy if they fall in love with him to have both a young rookie quarterback and Justin Fields and may the best man win? Because the Falcons, if they did acquire Justin Fields, would have to make a contract offer to him in the next year or two. And, you know, starting quarterbacks make a lot of money. Do you do you say that Justin Fields can come in and make an immediate impact now and then you develop a quarterback? And, and I'll have to admit, yesterday when uh, on the afternoon show, when Chris Hefner of Your Pie and I were talking about the different scenarios, the, 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 the scenario about, all right, getting a Kirk Cousins through free agency or even trading for Justin Fields and then still drafting a quarterback at number eight, it, 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 it entices me. And, and, and I think, and I go back to something that Brent Rollins said, and, and may need to get Brent on the afternoon show this afternoon because he, he may be able to talk more about this in his opinion. Brent Rollins of UGASports.com said several months ago when we were talking about young quarterbacks and the volatility of, of young quarterbacks in the NFL and how tough it is to find that, that perfect fit. Brent Rollins was saying, you know what, sometimes you just have to get as many candidates as you can. And, and he pointed to the possibility, not the possibility, he pointed to the example of what Washington did when they got RG3 and they turned around and drafted later in that same draft Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean, a lot of people thought they were crazy, right? But then RG3 goes and gets hurt, and his career did not go very long, and Kirk Cousins became a star. Now, he had more success probably when he left Washington, but still the point is that was not a stupid move. And then Chris Hefter brought up the possibility, or the, uh, I keep on saying that wrong. Chris Hefter brought up the example also of, of San Francisco saying, you know, they had Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, they, they had uh, other options, and then they still went and drafted, even with the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. And Kyle Shanahan wanted Brock Purdy as a another developmental quarterback and look what happened he developed into a star that has taken his team all the way to the super bowl so the 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 concept of let's get as many options as we can at quarterback and at some point one of them will stick Uh, it's not a bad thing look um i've said many times that i'm so skeptical of being adamant about what option that should be selected here because it's such a, a crapshoot when it comes to picking a, a starting quarterback. But maybe having more than one option brought in is the deal. Uh, Tanner Heineke is going to be released. Then you have Desmond Ritter still on the team. Now, you know, Zach Robinson, the new offensive coordinator for the Falcons, has talked about Desmond Ritter, and he has had uh, uh, very promising comments to, to talk about with Desmond Ritter, I mean, he's not going to dog the kid, but does he really want to work with him or does he think it's a a lost cause? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, what they're going to say in public and what they truly feel sometimes can be direct opposites of each other. So that's one thing we don't know about. But, you know, what does Zach Robinson, how much does he really want to work with a quarterback to get them to be an NFL star? The, The concept of, well, let's bring in someone right now who can be immediately successful is important for this team because of where the Falcons are. 
the Falcons are a team that, if they have the right quarterback, could hit pay dirt and get hot in the playoffs. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl, but if they get the right quarterback to go along with B. John Robinson, to go along with Drake London and Kyle Pitts and the offensive line that is better than I want to give them credit for, could that make a difference? Well, sure. And, and I keep on using the Chris Chandler example of when Dan Reeves came in 27 years ago to the Falcons. That's what he did. He got a veteran quarterback, and he was laughed at it. About uh, he, People couldn't believe that he went out and got Chris Chandler, and Chris Chandler helped lead him to the Super Bowl. So it, it's, um, it's just an interesting situation here that, of course, is going to be a daily discussion on our show and Jeff's show about what the Falcons are going to do and how to find – that next great quarterback it is you want a reality show this is a reality show how to find that next big star quarterback some teams go decades and not they're not able to find one you know the jets come to mind that's why they brought aaron Rodgers in they had drafted sam darnold they had drafted zach wilson and they finally like well the hell with this we're just going to bring in aaron Rodgers, and then the first play he gets hurt first quarter first minute whatever it was he gets hurt he's out for the year it's hard. It's hard to get the right quarterback, and, and it's it's almost a trick. So and that's why this whole discussion with the Falcons is is going to be very interesting to see how, how it goes here. One more thing, and uh, J-Rad sent this to me. I think it was J-Rad sent this to me a little bit earlier on. Yeah, he did, J-Rad, on, on Twitter. Um, a comment from Zach Robinson talking about Kyle Pitts. He said, the way we're going to run the ball and the athleticism he does have, there are a lot of things he can do in the running game to help us out to win football games. You'll see him all over the field, not just wide, but also in the box. So that's interesting. And, uh, you know, he's going to make Kyle Pitts a, a better run blocker. And there's no question that run game is going to be strong for the Atlanta Falcons. But to have a complimentary piece of a really good quarterback could make that one of the best offenses in the in the sport. There's no doubt about that, too. Well, we've been today at McCall's Sandwich Shop here in Warner Robins. It is a favorite spot right here on Watson Boulevard, 1001 Watson Boulevard. And we invite you to, to uh, call Ken McCall. He's got outstanding cakes. Again, if you need a cake for any event, any ceremony, any if, if you just want to do something nice for your employees by bringing them a nice big chocolate cake, you need to call Ken McCall because he does outstanding work with these cakes. They're so good. He's open weekdays from 10 until 2 here for lunch, 1001 Watson Boulevard, and come and try the collard green soup. You will thank me later. Appreciate uh, all of you listening today. We'll be on again, of course, later on this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And Jeff will be back tomorrow. So stay tuned. He'll be here to talk about the dogs who are 4-0 so far in college baseball. Pretty cool. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Danter Show here on the Superstations.